What's up everybody, James here. And this past week, Google hosted its annual developer conference, Google I.O. And while it's a developer-focused conference, there's always interesting news and updates regarding a lot of Google products that normal consumers like you and I should look forward to. So let's talk about the top five things that happened at Google I.O. 2018. The running theme of the event was Google AI. AI is now present in just about every area and service of Google, and they're actively looking to redesign more of their products with AI built in. So let's start with Google Photos. Photos was built from the ground up using and with AI in mind, and Google has reported that 5 billion photos are viewed by users every day on Google Photos. Photos is available for Android and iOS, and it lets you back up pictures and videos automatically for free. It also provides a number of intelligent categorization and organizational features, editing tools, and photo book creation. This year at I.O., Google has announced a number of new features coming to Photos that are powered by machine learning. Google refers to most of these features as suggested actions. Those actions include recognizing people and friends in a photo, and automatically offering to share those pictures with that person, fixing exposure in underexposed shots, built-in document scanning, and most interestingly, colorizing old black and white photos, or using ColourPop, dropping the background color of a photo and keeping the subject in the foreground in full color. Some of these actions are available now, and the rest will be rolling out in the coming weeks. Moving on to number two, we have the Google Assistant. The goal of the assistant, according to Google, is to be naturally conversational and there when you need it so you can get things done in the real world. In order to make things feel more natural, they have made improvements to voices using WaveNet. WaveNet is an AI-based voice synthesizer created by DeepMind, a subsidiary of Google UK, that lets Google simulate entire vocabularies without needing so many actual human recordings. It understands pitch and pauses and just makes assistant sound more real. Also, upcoming features such as continued conversations and multiple actions will allow interactions and conversations with the assistant feel more natural, more frictionless. Being able to ask multiple questions at a time and get all of the answers or ask different questions in succession without always saying, hey Google, definitely are value adds. Google will be introducing six new voices users can choose from, further customizing the experience. Five of those voices are available now, and one will be available later, and thanks to WaveNet, that voice will be from artist John Legend. Now, most excitingly and kind of creepy, yet, yet really awesome uh, new feature coming to Google Assistant is Google Duplex. There are plenty of articles out now on Google Duplex, and I would suggest researching more and watching the live demo to get a fuller picture. Specifically, the folks over at Android Central have a great article worth reading. You can head over to our Twitter page at Simple Tech News to find that article, and within it, you'll find additional links to several other sites from Google, DeepMind, TensorFlow, and the Cornell University Library that discuss and explain the tech used to create Duplex. But basically, Duplex is a new tool from Google that aims to use artificial intelligence, natural language understanding, and deep learning 
to accomplish real-world tasks over the phone. For now, that means specific tasks like making appointments, but the tech is being developed with an eye on expansion into other areas. The goal of Duplex is to make things sound natural and for the assistant to think on the fly to find an appointment time that works. Equally important for Google is that Duplex answers and sounds like a person. Google has said here that it wants the person on the other end of the phone not to know they're talking to a computer, though it eventually decided it would be best to inform them. When talking to people, we talk faster and less formal than we do when we're talking to an assistant on our phone or say a business's computer automated phone system. Duplex needs to understand this and recreate it when replying. Finally, and most impressive, is that Duplex has to understand context. Friday, next Friday, and Friday after next are all terms that you and I understand. Duplex needs to understand them too. Now, I won't go too far into the weeds on how Duplex works, but Duplex is using what's called a recurrent neural network. It's built using Google's TensorFlow extended technology, and essentially it's an entire network of high-powered computers crunching data in the cloud and talking through Assistant on your phone or another product that has Assistant on board. So the obvious question, when is Duplex going to be available? Well, no one really knows at this point. Google is definitely excited about this project and putting money and research behind it and, and focused on making Duplex a real product. But for now, Duplex is just being tested in a closed environment. And if all goes well, an initial experimental release to consumers to make restaurant reservations, schedule hair salon appointments, get holiday hours over the phone will all be coming later this year to assistant on phones only. Third on the list are apps. To be specific, Google News and Google Maps. Starting with Google News. Google wants to and feels a responsibility to support quality journalism. With that, they've completely redesigned the Google Play newsstand app, now known as Google News, to provide a deeper insight and fuller perspective on the news stories you are interested in. Three goals of the new Google News app, keep up with the news you care about, understand the full story, and third, enjoy and support the news sources that you love. The new Google News app is available on iOS and Android now, and personally, I've upgraded to the new app as soon as it was available on the Play Store and I couldn't be happier. I was an avid user of the previous Google Play newsstand app, and this new version is head and shoulders better than its predecessor. The goal of providing a full story, uh, fuller perspective on a story definitely has been accomplished here. They pull in so many sources for a given topic or story that I definitely feel that I'm walking away with an understanding of all sides of an issue. But if I had one gripe, the notifications seem to be a little too frequent for my liking. But I know I can tweak these in the settings app, so that'll be on my list of things to do this weekend. Moving on to the second app, Google Maps. The popular Maps app is getting some great new features, including augmented reality street view mode to help you follow directions in real time, along with personalized recommendations to help you discover places in your neighborhood. The new AR features combine Google's existing street view and maps data with a live feed from your phone's camera to overlay walking directions on top of the real world and help you figure out which way you need to go. It's a lot like what Google said and, and tried to do with the original version of Google Glass, except without the need for wearing an additional AR headset. 
In addition to directions, the new AR mode can help you identify nearby places, and Google's even testing adding helpful augmented reality animals to guide you along the way. Maps is also getting a new tab called For You that will feature recommendations specifically tailored to you and your interests. And my sleeper feature here, the one that I think will be a daily game changer for most people, Google is adding more social features to Maps making it possible to share multiple places with a group of friends with a single action and vote on them together in real time to decide where to go without ever having to leave the app. The new social and recommendation features for Maps are set to come to both Android and iOS later this summer with no release date yet for the augmented reality directions. Last Tuesday, the company announced a set of new features for Android designed to manage how much time people spend on devices. It may seem kind of counterintuitive for a tech company to push people to spend less time on their devices, but digital addiction has become a serious issue, with Americans checking their phones up to 47 times a day. Sundar Pichai said, based on our research, we know that people feel tethered to their devices. He also coined the idea of unplugging as JOMO, or the joy of missing out. The goal here for Google's new digital well-being initiative is to help people understand their digital habits, focus on what matters, switch their devices off, and find balance for their family. Google introduced Android Dashboard, a new feature where people can see and manage how much time they're spending on their devices. It also shows apps where you spend your most time, the number of times a person's unlocked their phone, and how many notifications you've received. It'll remind you to take breaks or if you want to just shut an app off. You'll also find a feature called App Timers that'll restrict you from using a certain app after you spend X amount of time on it and switching the screen to a monochrome color palette once the time is up for that app. Also, your device, if it's running Android P, can now automatically go into Do Not Disturb mode when you set the phone face down. They're rolling out these features on YouTube as well, with break reminders and offering the ability to get notifications only once a day, all the daily pings combined into a single digest. Those features will roll out this week, said Google's CEO. Now, according to Google, all these features will be coming this fall and heading to the Google Pixel phones first. And speaking of Google Pixel, let's roll into the last point here. We have Android P. The goal this year is to have AI at the core of the OS. Now, Android is the most popular operating system in the world. They started this section of IO with an inspiring video package ending with a quote, if you believe in openness, if you believe in choice, if you believe in innovation from everyone, then welcome to Android. Now, I think this quote is very telling and clearly it's taking some subtle shots at its main competitor, Apple. Openness, choice, innovation from everyone uh, were highlighted on the screen in green. These three things are main pain points uh, for people who are with Apple and using Apple products. Apple is known as the walled garden where openness and choice do not truly exist. And innovation really only happens when Apple wants it to, especially when it comes to app developers and the things they can do with their apps uh, on Apple operating systems. This year, Google has decided to make some major, very ambitious changes to Android. The main one being to move Android more to a gesture-based OS. Gone are the iconic three buttons on the nav bar. What is available today is a single pill-shaped home button. Now, this is the first time Google's heavily relied on gestures for navigating the UI, and in its current form, they work like this. Tap on the home button to go home. Short swipe up to access the recent apps page. 
swipe up twice or do a long swipe up for the app drawer. The back button only will appear in certain apps and menus when it's needed. And while the combination of taps and swipes sounds a bit confusing now, you can expect Google to roll out a more refined version in later developer previews or especially in the final build. Now you can still use the traditional three buttons in the developer preview if the gestures just aren't your thing, but it's obvious this is where Google wants Android to go in the future. Other changes, the user interface is now more rounded and colorful. At first glance, you'll notice things like the colorful icons and the settings, circular quick setting icons, and rounded corners in just about every menu. These elements do take some getting used to, but honestly, I feel like these changes help Android feel more refined and consistent. Also, it's a bit easier to use as the different colors help to quickly glance and navigate areas that can become cluttered, like the settings section. Some reviewers describe Android P as feeling more vibrant, more, more alive, and I would have to agree. Updated animations and these different UI changes make Android P just really fly. Not only is it quick, but it's visually appealing and it's really hard. It's something that's really hard to describe um, over audio. So if you, if you have a chance, try it for yourself. I definitely recommend it and you'll see what I, you'll see what I mean. It seems like Google's always trying to find ways to maximize your phone's battery life as much as possible. And with Android P, those efforts are present in a new adaptive battery mode. Similar to how adaptive brightness automatically adjusts your display's brightness level based on the environment and your usage, adaptive battery will examine how you use your phone and limit CPU usage to the apps that you use infrequently. Google notes that adaptive battery can lower CPU usage by as much as 30%, and thanks to the use of machine learning, it'll only get better the more you use your phone. In addition to these big changes in Android P, there are tons of smaller elements scattered throughout the update. Some of them I include a built-in screenshot editor, finally, uh, changing the volume uh, via the rocker or the buttons on the side of your phone now defaults to changing the media volume. And those volume controls, they now appear on the right side of the screen instead of at the top. And lastly, Do Not Disturb is more customizable and easier to understand. Now, you can sign up for the beta now, however, proceed with caution. While the beta feels very stable in my opinion, it's still beta software. Apps will sometimes behave awkwardly. Personally, there are times when apps like Google Maps or um, some new apps that I've downloaded like Hostel World just shut down immediately after opening and wouldn't open after several attempts. These little quirks, these little bugs, that's what comes with beta software. So make sure to back up your phone if you don't do so on a regular basis before opting into the beta program. You can always revert back to a previous version of Android, but you may lose some data uh, that was obtained during your time, so back it up first before getting the beta. Similar to last year's Oreo beta, anyone with a Pixel phone can opt in to the Android P beta right now and get an over-the-air update to download and play with the new software. However, Google's Pixel phones this year are not the only ones that get in on the fun. Uh, Google's opening up its Android beta program to third-party OEMs for the first time ever. Companies include Nokia, OnePlus, Sony, Essential, Xiaomi, Vivo, and Oppo. Google notes that the final release of Android P will be published in Q3, and based on previous releases, we should see Android P get a proper launch sometime in August 2018. So if you're not really into that beta life, don't worry, it's not that big of a wait. You'll get it around August. Now, there's much, much more that happened at this conference and, and even in just in the keynote. 
but these are my top five things, the main beats that excited me the most. I highly recommend taking some time to watch the entire keynote on YouTube. You will definitely walk away excited for the future. But that's it. That's what happened at Google I.O. 2018. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Simple Tech News and let us know, what was your favorite announcement at Google I.O. this year? What do you think about Google Duplex? Are you excited at the idea of having Assistant do things like make reservations or do you feel like AI is slowly taking over the world in a bad way? Tweet at us. Let us know using the hashtag Simple Tech News. Thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. Make sure to favorite the podcast on Anchor or subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Also, follow us on Twitter at Simple Tech News to get updates on all tech stories throughout the week. Once again, I'm James Thomas. This is Simple Tech News, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Take care.